Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. I'm going to jump straight into it because I've got actually a bit of a decent sized message, but I want to get praying. So I'm going to get straight into it. Um, I don't know if anyone has come across this before, but um, one of these things, uh, these phones that, that, that everyone seems to walk with, whenever I go on social media, I see things people post. I see certain behaviours people have, certain mindsets that people have, like on Facebook. I don't know if anyone else has ever seen this, but where people call other people out, but it's like on their post, on their status updates, they're going, hey, for all you that are talking, I know who you are. Watch yourself. And you're just like, what? <laughs> or they, these guys that are like up there posting all sorts of revealing photos and then putting a little Bible verse at the bottom saying, praise Jesus, my body's a temple. <laughs> and I look at these posts and my mind straight away goes, you know, you're going to grow old, <laughs> you're going to have kids, and you're going to have to tell your kids <laughs> what you were doing in your 20s. <laughs> you're going to grow up, you're going to get older, and you're going to have to explain to your children what this photo is, mum. <laughs> What's this photo, dad? You're going to have to go through those conversations, which begs me to question, what are we planning to tell our children? So I've titled the message today, Honey, What Are We Going to Tell the Kids? Turn to your neighbor and say, Honey, what are we going to tell the kids? What are we going to tell the kids? <laughs> what are we going to tell the kids? I love the story of Moses where, you know, there's this mighty man of faith. God encounters him. He says, I, I've heard the cries of my people. I want to lead them out of slavery. But it kind of, it gets me thinking because the Israelites weren't slaves in Egypt just for a couple of years, like, a, you know, a few decades. Oh, it's been, a, it's been three days now. It's getting awkward. No, they were, they were slaves for 400 years. So I can see the first Israelites getting caught and getting uh, made slaves. I could see them with mindsets like, oh, we'll just endure the next few years and then we're going to get out. We're going to get out. I remember a time when I was free. We're going to get out of this. <laughs> and then the next generation comes and they're kind of going, oh, dad, mum and dad's always talking about this freedom stuff. They're talking about this not being slaves times. But, you know, times are changing, mum and dad. <laughs> times are different. <laughs> There's a different Holy Spirit. That's not true, by the way. <laughs> Everyone went quiet. A few people said amen. I heard you. <laughs> no. <laughs> Cheeky. Uh, I'll keep moving. Um, but I could see then it gets to the third generation. And they've never even heard of Tales of Freedom. They haven't heard of it. They're just thinking that we were always slaves. Oh, stop talking about all that mythology. Let's get real. <laughs> and 
And then it gets to the last generation. And I could see them getting schools and getting camps and getting all sorts of things that train people how to be better slaves. (laughs) Hey, here's how you behave. Hey, if you would just do what they say, you'll get beat less. (laughs) Here's how you be a good slave. And I believe that's why God used Moses. Because here's an Israelite that wasn't raised as a slave. He wasn't raised with stories of getting defeated and loss. And oh, this is what we've always done. And this is just what our family does. And we have alcoholism here. We have drug addiction here. It's just who we are. Instead of that, he was raised in the palace, sitting around the dinner table, hearing stories of victory of conquering. I went over to this land and I took it. (laughs) Did they fight back? They did, but they lost. I went over to those stinking Babylonians and I said, there's a new king in town and they had to bow their knee. Moses was was getting raised in the palace, filled with stories of victory. My challenge to us this morning, church, is what stories are we building for our kids? What are we leaving to impart to our children? Are we wrestling? Are we toiling for breakthrough? Or are we just sharing more tales of slavery? What are we going to tell the kids? What are we going to tell the kids? What are we going to tell the kids? I love the thought that we can one day tell our kids, you know what? Mum and dad, we didn't get the best hand dealt to us, but we were the difference. Before us, there was no faith in our life. But then, but then mum walked into a youth service and got encountered by Jesus and it changed everything. Oh, we always had gambling, but I decided that I will not step foot in one of those stinking casinos and it broke an intergenerational curse off our family. Church, would we begin to build stories of victory? Would we begin to build stories of conquering where the kids are like around the dinner table, oh, what was it like to see a miracle? Oh, let me tell you. I didn't see miracles at first, but I prayed, I fasted, I tarried, I leaned into the presence of God. Not just like, God, would you move? If you, if maybe, if you want, whatever. Like, I don't care. Look, it's chilled. If it's your will. <laughs> no, no, we pressed in. We leaned in. I went up the front for the altar call and I didn't get encountered straight away, but I waited. I was like, pray for me a third time, a fourth time because I am not leaving until God blesses me. Would you fight? I find it funny how people can sit in a hospital waiting room for four hours, but they pray for five seconds and they're like, well, God doesn't want to heal me. (laughs) Isn't that awkward? Would we build tales of victory for our children? I love what it says in Romans 12 verse 2. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing and perfect will. Church, we've got to renew our mind. 
what a shame it was for some Israelites to die in the wilderness because they, they got out of slavery physically, but not mentally. Church, would we get hungry to get out of slavery both physically but also mentally? Some of those mindsets have to stay in the grave. You know, when we, when we get saved, we die with Christ, but then we're risen with Him as well, <laughs> which means we're called to walk by faith. Not just, great, I'm saved, now I get to go to heaven, so I'll just wait. <laughs> no, you're saved now. Your eternal life starts now. <laughs> it's time to start now. I love the awesome list that you guys chucked on of everything this church is doing. The fact that your own property in Sydney is a miracle. <laughs> Come on, let's give God a round of applause for that. <laughs> Man. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> but that's, that's, a, that's people that toiled. That's people that said, you know what? Like, yeah, we grew up as slaves, but we're not going to stay like that. Yeah, there's a, there's a great wilderness ahead of us, but we have that joy set before us to endure this wilderness. We have the joy of the promised land. So we're going to sow. I love, I love that. Oh, I'm going to steal that for our church. <laughs> but we, we see the joy. We see the activity. We're going to get into that. You know, you know tithing breaks the curse of, um, oh, the words just escaped me, greed. Greed will rob you more than you can imagine. You know, we had greed all our life. We had greed for generations. We had families divide over finances. <laughs> but then mum and dad decided to partner with a local church and it just broke it off of our lo- over our family. Unified. Come on, that deserves more of a round of applause. (laughs) Church, would we get desperate for these things? Would we get desperate to build these stories? I love even that there's guys that are building these stories, not even for their own biological kids, but for the youth ministry. Isn't that awesome? There are people saying, hey, I don't have kids yet. In Jesus' name. (laughs) I don't have kids yet. So I'm going to just share it with some of these other kids. I'm going to take the tales of victory and I'm going to go share it with some of these slave kids. Not saying, hear me out. (laughs) It's all like, hey, I'm going to see you in the car park. Please don't. (laughs) No one come up to me in the car park, please. But but to take stories and just share them around. All the um, grey-haired folks in the room, I'll, I'll just have an even scan so no one feels called out. Find someone young and sow into them. Talk to them. Share these stories of faith. I love the movement we're in where we just have all these stories of faith. Like Pastor Miles and I were just dreaming, oh, we'd love to see that, that uh, church planting anointing coming through young people again. You know? Coming through our churches again. But that requires young people to have influence from old people <laughs> that have the stories, that do the handoff well. So good. Honey, what are we going to tell the kids? I'm going to skip to my third point because I want to pray for people. I'm getting really excited. The victories we have today will be a blessing tomorrow. 
1 Samuel 17, verse 8 through to 11. Goliath stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel, Why don't you come out and line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine? And are you not the servants of Saul? Choose a man and have him come down to me. If he is able to fight and kill me, we will become your subjects. But if I overcome him and kill him, you will become our subjects and serve us. Then the Philistines said, This day I defy the armies of Israel. Give me a man and let us fight each other. On hearing the Philistines' words, Saul and the Israelites were dismayed and terrified. They were terrified. And it says that this went on for 40 days. 40 days, there was one giant yelling threats at an entire army, (laughs) mocking them. You know, call down your God, you know, just mocking them. And not a single man in all of the Israelite army could take on the giant. Not a single man. But then we see Mr. David, who is still a child at this time, come onto the battlefield (laughs) with a renewed mind. He wasn't walking around with the 40 days. He was coming with some lunch. And he's walking, I could just see it. I don't know if you guys could see it. I could see him just walking with his packed lunch and just hearing it and going, what'd you say? What'd that guy say? And they're like, oh no, just leave it, just leave it. Don't bother him, he's a giant. He's a giant, everyone does that. Don't bother it, just deal with it. And he's going, yeah, but he's not just mocking us, he's mocking God. I've got a problem with people mocking God. (laughs) I've got a problem with sins mocking the armies of the living God. I've got a problem with some of the statistics you read that everyone's watching pornography. I am not okay with that. I don't know about you guys. Oh, you know, just let the giant just chill. David, you know, you're a child. You don't get it. (laughs) Let the the adults are talking, (laughs) right? He's like, no. I'm sick of that guy mouthing off about our God. And then he said this, I love it. 1 Samuel 17, verse 45 through to 47. David said to the Philistine, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. Come on. (laughs) Silas are too kind with sin. He's got to cut it off violently. Oh, well, it's just something I'm working through. No, it's not. The Bible says crucify the flesh. That is violent. (laughs) That's killing it. Dead. (laughs) I love A.W. Tozer. He says, no man escapes the cross. No man survives the cross. No sin should be surviving the cross. If we're crucifying our flesh daily, these things have to break. Cut its head off. Don't flirt with it. (laughs) And all those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves. For the battle is the Lord's and He will give all of you into our hands. And we all know the story. David picked up a few rocks. <laughs> he stretched, I think. <laughs> Falls over. 
dead, cut his head off, went back to Israel. Look what I did. (laughs) He's not that big after all. But what I love, and I can see this happening, because it says all his brothers were there. I can see them going home that day and, and, and the wife would have noticed, I reckon. <laughs> They're pale. They're just shocked. They're like, oh, is it the giant again? It's like, hold on, I've got to sit down first. What did, what did he say this time? No, honey, sit down. Kids, gather around. You guys know little David, like the, the guy in the fields, the guy that, you know, we forget to call when Samuel's in the room, like that guy? So, you know how we've been struggling with the giant at work? (laughs) David shows up, picks up a rock and kills the giant. Did you guys know we could slay giants? And I could see the kids at the dinner table going, and they start hearing, it takes one faithful person to impart to a whole generation faith, faith. You know, I get goosebumps thinking about it. It takes one, it doesn't matter your age. It doesn't matter your body weight. Some people, that's a thing. It doesn't matter. What matters is trusting Jesus. How dare this giant, how dare that person at our work mock Jesus. I'm gonna stand up for my faith at work. Oh, honey, you know how I've been struggling at work? Old mate Ben just shows up, starts laying hands on people. Did you know we can, did you know we could do that? <laughs> do it wisely, but. <laughs> you know, I was like, I was at work, and like, old mate Jono comes in, and he's got that look in his eyes. The same look that our pastor has. Did you know we can have that look outside of church? Comes in with this look on his face and just prays for old love in the wheelchair and she gets up. Did you know God still heals? Do you know God heals outside of the church as well? Did you guys know that? (laughs) So I love this story because at the end of Samuel, oh, I love this. It says, once again, it's Samuel, uh, 2 Samuel 21, verse 15 through 22. Once again, there was a battle between the Philistines and the Israel. David went down with his men to fight against the Philistines and he became exhausted. And Ishbi Benob, excuse me if I pronounce things wrong. I'm trying my best. <laughs> uh, one of the descendants of Rapha, whose bronze spearhead weighed 300 shekels, which is really heavy, <laughs> Um, who was armed with a new sword, said he would kill David. But Abishai, son of Zeruah, came to David's rescue. Abishai was actually related to David, by the way. He came to David's rescue and he struck the Philistine down and killed him. Then David's men swore to him, saying, never again will you go out with us to battle, so that the lamp of Israel will not be extinguished. Then it goes on, to just list man after man, slaying giants. So within one generation, it went from 
one person could maybe slay a giant to just everyone slaying giants left, right and centre. And some of them were his nephews. So they were at those dinner tables hearing stories of faith. Church, what would happen if we just started walking by faith in every moment, in every season? What would the impact be? What would the ripple effect be of going out to those homeless people and saying, hey, Jesus loves you? What would the ripple effect be of jumping in the youth team and getting that one rowdy kid that always sits in the back, they always sit in the back, (laughs) and just imparting a story of victory? Hey, you know what? You're better than that. Hey, you know what? (laughs) You can do more than what you're doing. Hey, you're a smart kid. For the first time, they're not hearing, oh, be quiet, stupid. (laughs) They're hearing, hey, you've got a purpose. You're not a mistake. You're here for things that are greater than your lifetime. Can you imagine doing things that outlast your lifetime? Wow. So in this moment, I'm not going to preach anymore because I want to pray for us this morning. I I want to get some breakthrough here. There are things that we are walking in that we need to let go. There are things that we have been thrust into that we need to move out of. And there is breakthrough that we need, not just for us, but for our children, for their children's children, for our workplace, for everywhere, for impact in this city. This city needs Jesus more than ever. We need breakthrough. So this moment, I'd love for each person to stand in this place. Just before I minister, and just as I wait for those Holy Spirit keys, <laughs> that's how you know the Spirit's here. No, just kidding. I actually brought an amplified Bible here today. Now, something interesting about this amplified Bible is this is actually the Bible I got saved with. This is the one I gave. I found Jesus in the midst of the Scriptures. I found him by reading. There was breakthrough that happened by reading. Things fell off me. Mindsets broke off me. Depression broke off my mind by reading this Word. And what I, what I love about this Word is this Word was with me when I casted out my first demon. <laughs> this Bible right here. It was with me for that. It was crazy. This Bible was with me when I got to baptise my dad. I got to, what a privilege to baptise my dad. This Bible right here. This Bible was there when I saw people encounter Jesus and start shouting their sins out, just wanting so desperately to draw near to Him. This Bible was there when I was preaching in max security prison cells (laughs) to to, um, prisoners about Jesus and saw 35 of them give their lives to Jesus, crying, weeping. This Bible was there This Bible was there when I saw someone get healed of blindness. They were blind and God healed them. This Bible right here. This Bible was there when I got married to just the most perfect woman in the world, I swear. She's, This Bible was there when I took my first church. This Bible was there when I moved my first church. All that's happened very recently. But this Bible was there 
This Bible was there when we saw people with, with damaged legs get healed. We saw all sorts of demonic things, intergenerational things. We saw people get saved. We saw people come face to face with the love of Jesus. This Bible saw that. But right at the front here, let me get it out. As most, as most Bibles have, it's got presented to, by, and on. <laughs> presented to, by, and on. And it's empty. Because one day, oh, it just gets me emotional just every time I think. One day, I want to go to my son and write to, presented to, by Rudolph on the date. And I want to give it to my son or daughter. And I say, hey, this is what mum and dad did. <laughs> Don't use it as like, oh, if only I could get, use it as a, as a base mark. Son, would you stand on my shoulders and just fly? Would you just fly? Would I disrupt generations? Would you just run? Son, I, I went to prayer meetings and I never encountered Jesus and I just stayed there desperately and God met me where I was. Now run, run with the freedom. You're not in Egypt anymore. Just run. The sky's the limit. You now know that Jesus is alive, that He heals, He delivers. Why? Because Dad did it. <laughs> it's familiar. <laughs> It'll be cheekier than I am. Come on. Church, would we get that? Would we catch that? So I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray.